Hey everyone, Justin's nephew Jackson wants to tell you where to go if you want to support the show. Yeah. Pay, Pay. Jury. Daily. Dot com. Nailed it. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Jury Daily Program. It is indeed Wednesday. Deeb's in the studio with me. He's already thrown his laptop on the floor. This is like his favorite thing to do. He's got a little laptop and he throws it on the floor. I feel like it's a very relatable moment whenever that happens. We got a lot to get over here today. Uh, We have Real Talk Wednesday. We've got some reverse goals. We've got a story about a vegan suing. Oh, those vegans. Let's start with what we were talking about yesterday, which was, uh, uh, I for whatever reason, I came off the road and I am on fire, baby. I'm very excited to get back to a lot of stuff. A lot of these things, these little cruddy things that I had uh, uh, kind of let built up as I was getting really stressed out with the, a lot of things spinning on my, uh, a lot of plates to spin, rather. A lot of things on my plate, and then I'm also spinning the plate. I uh, cleared off a little bit. You know, just did a few things that, like, I'm very much a believer, and I think I've used this analogy on the on the show before, but... I once went to an allergist because I had allergies and they were explaining to me that the way I had thought about allergies was incorrect. The way I had thought about allergies was, oh, I'm allergic to blank. Let's say mustard just for the sake of it. So if I smell mustard, I'm going to have a reaction. And sometimes that's the case. And certainly for, for very acute allergic reactions, exposure to a thing is what triggers it. But she said, by and large, For things that if you have mild allergies, it's not like, oh, I'm allergic to cats so I can never be around a cat. The issue more is, she had the metaphor of a glass. It's a glass of water. So let's say if I have an allergic to a certain kind of dust and my room is dusty, at the time that I wake up in the morning, then my glass is already 60% full. I only have 40% to go, and then all of a sudden I'm having an allergic reaction. And so, I love this metaphor. I've taken it to be more of a global philosophy for me. That when I feel stressed, I think of my stress and the stress of others as, well, I wonder how full their cup is. You know, whenever somebody does something crazy or wild or nuts, I'm always like, man, I wonder where they are in their lives. I wonder how their story goes. Because I'm going to guarantee you it involves them being at their wits end. 
They got their back against the wall. Everyone's against them. They had no other choice. Every bad decision that I have ever heard in my life has begun with the preamble, so obviously I had no other choice. Anyway, that's a little bit too far. Uh, uh, In terms of stress, my own stress, I feel like there's just a lot of stuff. And so I realize that, like, there are certain things that I can handle. Like, we have a fairly, because Ashley and I are both very busy, we have a fairly cluttered apartment. But I find that if I can clean it up a little bit, I feel a lot better. A little bit. Feel a lot better. Or if there are certain things that aren't blocked, there's certain things that aren't uh, 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 occupied, then I feel better about it. And so there were a few things that I knew I needed to change. And here's one of them, the thing that I couldn't talk about yesterday. A couple years ago, I started doing the stickers or DIAF site because, you know, I wanted to make a little bit extra money. I wanted to to dabble a little bit in, in the retail thing. And I've done stickers. A lot of you guys have gone and purchased them and buttons and, and T-shirts. I've been very happy to do that. And it seems like people are happy with the products that they get. But at the end of the day, it's something that really requires a certain amount of dedication. It requires a certain amount of me thinking three or four times a year, okay, what's the new product? And I'm only one man. I can only do that so much. There's only so much that I can do stuff where at the end of the day, and and again, these are fairly big decisions because I got to commit financially to them, that when I get the products, I'm like, oh, this is dope. This is great. People are going to love this. And so I have made the decision for the foreseeable future to liquidate the stickers or DIAF store. I am selling everything I got. So if you go right now to stickers or DIAF, you can get the liquidation pack. It is 30 bucks and it will come with every sticker, every pin, every button that I have remaining. First come, first serve. Although I'll let you know, I got it at 20 right now. We've sold out about half of them. Uh, uh, past 20, then I'll, I'll, every 20, basically, I'll reassess and make sure that I still have everything as I start packing them up. But it was very healthy for me. I, I feel like realizing that I can't do everything. I, I have so many, for whatever reason, I don't just have commitments, man. I got recurring commitments. <laughs> I got things that are that are, are are ongoing in perpetuity, no matter where I go. And so it's with that that I read one of our reverse goals that we got after I had mentioned the idea of our reverse New Year's Eve goals yesterday. It was Ken. Ken writes in, I think making goals and keeping them have been the key to my mental health. Your reverse New Year's Eve resolution challenge was the boost I needed. So in light of my uncertain near future, I'm going to keep things light and flexible. Here are my loosely held goals. He had one about a comedy set, but here's the one I want to talk about. Test out a new low-key podcast. Normally, I consider launching a podcast to be a bigger goal, but this is just a pilot. A few trial runs before the new year. Often that first leap is the most difficult. My past podcasting endeavors have either been heavily produced with scripted bits or co-hosting where I can just chime in with snark. This is going to be a simple, short, and casual single mic with minimal pre- and post-production. Ken, I think that's a great goal, and if you want to roll with it, please do, but I have one little tweak for you. Because what I think you want to do is get good at podcasting. 
I think you want to progress as a podcaster. And as somebody who has done a lot of this, sometimes a lot of people, sometimes not so many people, let me tell you, something that I wish I would have done, and maybe I still will do, do three pilots. Three different subjects that you like. Make them rip-offs of other shows that you might enjoy. Because you're going to wind up doing it differently and focus on... Now, you can always come back to one of them. You might do one and you'll feel proud of it and you'll say, oh, I should just do episode two. No, don't. Do three. At that point, I guarantee you, man, you are going to learn something from each of them. And at that point, you can go back and do whatever you want. Or you can say, oh, actually, I could I could take a little bit of that one and I could take a little bit of that one and I could combine them into another thing. Do three pilots. Finish them. Be done with them. Move on. These are going to be very valuable lessons if what you want is creative expression in the online podcasting medium. Let's get to the news. Dr. Bird has joined me for the news. Headline, vegan sues neighbor for barbecuing their... He flew away before he could provide any audio. What a bird. Uh, Vegan sues neighbors for barbecuing in their own backyard because she can't go out there. Written by Melissa Locker. To crib a line from psychoanalysts, sometimes the cigar is not just a cigar and sometimes a barbecue is not just a barbecue. That was the feeling of an Australian woman who sued her neighbor for barbecuing in their own backyard. Celia Cardin, a vegan massage therapist. Celia Cardin, a vegan massage therapist from Girawine. Get the hell out of here. That's not real. Girawin, a suburb of the western Australian city of Perth, believed that her neighbors were using a barbecue as a new front in a long-running war between neighbors. They've put the barbecue there, so I smell fish. All I can smell is fish. I can't enjoy my backyard. I can't go out there, Cardin told Nine News Perth. Cardin believes that barbecuing is not just a family preparing supper, but part of a campaign to irritate her which is why she's filed a lawsuit in the Supreme Court of the state of Western Australia, claiming that their neighbors, Tone Vu and his wife and children, breach residential laws. It's deliberate, is what I told the courts. It's deliberate. Cardin says she wants to live her life in peace. Cardin's case was dismissed. Uh, Although she has now filed an appeal that was also dismissed. But there is a happy ending. We'll get to it in a second. But first, all right. So many of you may know that my wife of four years, Ashley Paramore, is a vegan. She's uh, 
been a vegan for I think probably five, maybe six years. Before that, she was she was a a you know very light pescatarian, but by and large vegetarian. I think back when we were first together, she did eat meat, but by proxy, I find myself defending vegans. More than that, though, I find myself being puzzled about food politics. I don't know if I totally get it, quite honestly. I just don't. I just, I just don't. I don't know, man. Uh, it's like. Uh, and we'll get to this one in a second. But like in a general rule. Like, we all, a lot of people have dietary restrictions. I've talked ad nauseum about how I don't like mayonnaise. Now that I think about it, though, that has led to an almost unending torrent of people in all mediums, by the way. Text messaging, Twitter, group chat, Discord. <laughs> Any medium in which I pay attention to, Facebook Messenger, and even some that I don't, at some point, leads to people sending me pictures of people eating mayonnaise, stories about mayonnaise. So maybe for whatever reason, it is just the universal thing that we can all agree upon, which means we can't wait to disagree with each other about it. But I wind up defending vegans all the time. You know, whatever. They're just people who like eating different stuff. That's a common thing that I'll say at a party. And honestly, I really don't know what to make of this story in particular. Like, my guess is that Celia Cardin, a vegan massage therapist from Gearoween, is probably a bit of a, a handful. <laughs> I mean, if I were just to guess, right? I would guess that the vegan massage therapist from Garoween sometimes may not be the easiest to get along with. Now, I'm judging. I'm judging from uh, across the planet. But I am indeed judging Celia Garoween. At the same time, if, Sarah, if Celia Garoween is a bit of a handful and... She uh, uh, has a bad relationship with her, her neighbors. Then maybe a way that her neighbors can do it is just to grill fish all the time. Make sure that you fish up that neighborhood as much as possible. Of course, that's not how it's taken. It's taken as look at vegans run amok. And there are militant vegans. There are the meat is murder. I mean, I guess that you want to know what it is. This is where the vegan thing comes from. Is that you have like all the meat is murder, PETA protest stuff of like the 80s and 90s. You know, the, the red paint on the mink shawl kind of stuff, right? Combined with food politics. Combined with eating politics specifically. The idea of consumption. Now it's a universal thing. And now you have the parody of super uh, uh, hardcore you can never have any animal product ever kind of people with the regular idea of like, oh my God, not my daughter. She'll never, I could never date a vegan. 
I guess that's it. And that's what this lady is now a mascot for. Celia Cardin, a vegan massage therapist from Caroline. <laughs> You can always email the show, jurydaily at gmail.com. Again, jurydaily at gmail.com. Mark writes, oh, it's Real Talk Wednesday, by the way. Although I don't know how much longer we're going to do it because I feel like we might have a logical endpoint with, with, with Real Talk Wednesday because we went strong for a couple of weeks and now all the real talk that we have are just nice people who wanted to give advice to the people in pain. Here is the realest of all talks. You guys are great, and you're amazing to each other, including Mark. Mark writes, Since your last couple of emailers have had cancer-related topics, I thought I would respond. As you may know from previous correspondences, my wife succumbed to cancer earlier this year. You've provided some good general advice points for folks, but here are some additional things I found useful in my own case that might work for others. Whatever in the relationship has been your strength, keep doing it no matter what. For my wife, it was always making her laugh. It was not easy, but I found ways to do it uh, in every way that I could until the end. You will likely take on much, but they will always count on you for the things that they have come to love you for. Two, don't pull an ostrich. Know the disease. Know the treatments. Know the resources. Know everything. Ask questions. Learn from others going through similar treatments, similar disease stages. You are a caregiver and you're going to need more about specific cases and be more important than any single medical provider along the way. Three, be prepared to do more than what you think you can. For cancer specifically, the treatment can be as bad as the disease. My wife dealt with severe chemo fog, which meant I had to take on all sorts of additional items that I had never imagined. It was also in many ways harder than dealing with the physical decline. However, I found incredible capacity to do more than I ever thought possible. Four, only go to dark places in small chunks. While it's important to stay as positive as possible for the person you're helping, you can't and shouldn't avoid the scary stuff. Outletting to friends and family or just talking to yourself while they are sleeping uh, can help you deal with the dark items in small doses, and it helped me remain the same throughout that ordeal and after her passing. Five, get a good pair of sunglasses. Combined with learning to avoid facial expressions, I've been able to lose my shit anywhere. And most often, none's the wiser. For example, in the soda aisle in a Publix, when a song on the speaker triggered my extreme strong emotional responses, I sat on a sack of soda cases for probably 10 minutes while folks did their shopping and I was hardly noticed. Just looked like I was a husband bored with shopping. Mark, thank you so much for sharing that. And finally, Crunchy writes, I know this is easier said than done, but focus has to be on the silver lining. Obviously, the easiest thing to do is going to be wishing that things were different and how things aren't fair. But in the end, that only makes things worse and can lead you into a deep depression hole. You can allow time to really feel the sadness and to process your emotions, but maybe for only a couple hours a day. Remember that having someone you've loved and have such a connection with for so long isn't easy to find. And a lot of people search their entire lives for that. That alone should be celebrated. Remember these rough times will only strengthen your bond. 
You may see your family and friends brought together. Also, if it's not too yuppie for you, meditation could help you keep your thoughts from wandering off in the future and the perceived worst possible outcomes. Oh my God, y'all. That's some emotional shit, man. I'm I'm honored to have provided a platform for you guys to connect on that. Like no, 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 no horse apples there. <sighs> All right. I want to thank our producers, the Jen, non-specific rock and roll Martian, Steven, well, James, the OG Brito, well, and Chris. Again, if you want stickers or DIAF, you better get it. Uh, uh, because uh, the fire the fire rises and our liquidation sale is at hand. So head on, head on over to stickers or DIAF.com right now. Get your $30 liquidation pack. We are selling them in blocks of 20 so I don't run out of anything or I can at least let you guys know that you're not getting certain things. So if you want everything, you can get a part of the first 20 right now. You can email me, jurydaily at gmail.com. Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat is Justin R. Young. You can visit our Discord at bit.ly slash jury discord. And I would like to thank our jury story author today, which was Hot Beverages. All right. That's it for today. Please give a round of applause to Mr. Wacky. And until I see you tomorrow, please. No, no. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>